0: I'll go start the coffee. I'll
1: be down in a minute.
0: Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor Rand, Laura, wake up.
1: Good morning.
0: Good morning. We are
1: starting to read a section of the Bible, and it's probably not going to be the whole chapter because we are in Luke 22, which is really long. Yep. <laughs> How many verses is it? Oh, it's 71. 71 verses. Yesterday we only did six verses. <laughs>
0: yeah, we did
1: what we could. So let's see what we can get through today. We're in Luke chapter 22 and today we're going to start with verse 7. This is the section called the Last Supper. Then came the day of, of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us or where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, As you enter the city a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. Okay, wait, hold on before we go on. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool that Jesus was telling them exactly what was going to happen.
0: That is pretty cool.
1: And they just trusted that. Just walked in. To a stranger, followed these like signs, sort of, and they just didn't. They didn't say, "Are you sure, Jesus?" Or "What if he says no?" Like there's no but doubting. But he just
0: did tell them four days ago about the going donkey. to the town about the donkey, yeah. and then probably within two days before that, he raised a guy from the dead. <laughs> so their level of confidence with Jesus right now is. Yeah. So high,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. That's the first time this night where he says... He's going to die. Right? hmm Verse 17. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper... He took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. Son of man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. Um, okay, before we go on. I thought verse 17 was going to be the Lord's Supper. But then in verse 20, it says, After the Supper, he took the cup. But verse 17 is just take this and divide it among you. I will not drink again. That's interesting.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the breaking of the bread... There's the the, um, covenant of the Passover Mm -hmm. that they're all celebrating. You know, that God saves them and the Passover lamb is sacrificed. And then there's the new covenant that is there. And from some of the other accounts, um, it seems that Judas may have left before the new covenant.
1: But that doesn't seem that way in this account. Because he says this is my blood poured out for you but the hand of mine is going to betray me is on the table. So Mm -hmm. while he's instituting this he's you know I don't know.
0: Yeah, and Luke, again, Luke is reporting this. Um,
1: you saying Luke's wrong?
0: No, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm saying that again, possibly the way that Luke is recording it is not um, chronological. It doesn't it really just, matter if he's there or
1: not. Like, if he's there, it doesn't mean it's any less special. Like, oh, because there was a, you know, betrayer no. there, then it wasn't good.
0: No, it's not that it's any less special, but there is a... Um, the the way that we celebrate the Lord's Supper that the Apostle Paul talks about, um, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, is. Talking about that we should examine ourselves before we take and eat for the forgiveness of our sins, mm-hmm. and Judas is not examining himself he for him to take the lord's supper but that's being not content, really
1: clear here. Jesus doesn't say those things that Paul said when Paul elaborates on it, it gives us clarity, but at this time
0: right
1: he's just saying what it is mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah, going over
0: the whole meal. He's tying in the... All of us are sinners. Right, but what I'm saying is Luke is tying in the meal of the Passover with this, and then he moves on to the passion history that's there. So, it's possible that... I, I, okay. Anyway, it's not a major point, but...
1: Well, you did answer my original question, though, which is why, like, the bread and the wine were mentioned twice. And that makes sense. So they did all the ceremonial, like,
0: Passover stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. And then when it was over, after the meal...
0: Yep, then they talk about that. They did this. And something that just struck me now, too, is they talked about the Passover... And then Jesus talks about the Lord's Supper but he also mentions the Feast of Heaven Mm -hmm. you know that's there so you have the Old Covenant the the New Covenant that this is the forgiveness of sins Um, and then we are doing all of these things until we are with Jesus and we drink anew, you know, at the wedding feast in heaven, mm-hmm. which, I don't know, I, I never really connected that, the third meal that's mentioned there. Hmm. Yeah, that is neat. Um. Okay.
1: Verse 24. Also a dispute um, arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel.
0: I guess I should remember this section.
1: More about that third meal, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So he's saying.
0: I wonder what their arguments were like about the greatest, being the greatest. Like, what were the arguments or the. Points that they made that I am better than you.
1: Well, Jesus didn't he give them the ability to do signs and miracles. Then mm-hmm. maybe they were like comparing numbers. Like i or you know, I healed this many blind people. I've healed this many blind people, and I've done this, and I did that, and I scared. A demon, I scared a thousand demons, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, how do Possibly. people compare themselves by numbers? Like, look at our churches today who's got the most members? Who's got the biggest building?
0: Yeah, how many new baptisms that, did you do? Right, that those are things that we should be comparing to God and the efforts that He gives us rather than
1: other churches, other churches, and, yeah.
0: I love that quote. Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if they were arguing not about spiritual matters. Maybe that's not right because... What do you, you think know, they like, were arguing about? Just like the positions that they would have. Or the the leadership of the disciples who should do this, and who should do this, and maybe there was some kind of structure that was there, actually, for these 12 men. You know, it's not just this loose group. If you have Judas has the role of the treasure, you would think that the rest of them may have had different roles in the group, and they might have been arguing over the importance of whatever their roles were or, um, who should be the next... I don't know, maybe every Passover they decided who the next president of the disciples were. These are all speculations. They're just silly. But...
1: Um, Yeah, I would have guessed it was just, you know, like, oh, who's going to clean up the meal you, you're the youngest, like, we're all, mm. your seniors, so you do it, and that's why he specifically mentions the greatest among you should be, like, the youngest.
0: That makes a lot more sense. I just, yeah, when I like think about this, like, stuff. right, because a lot of times who is the greatest is at the root of the argument for people, but no one comes out and says, well I'm better than you you know that's why you should do this you know mm-hmm. there's always something masking that or yeah I think the way you put it who should clean up the table who should well go and do in this. those
1: days well, still today where you were seated at the table showed your significance so I mean every time they sit down to eat who gets to sit next to Jesus
0: you know Yeah, and to have John, the youngest, sitting next to Jesus, because he's the one that leans over and asks Jesus these different things. Yeah.
1: So, I'm sure they all wanted to, because of the traditions of the time, you know, have this seat of honor be closer to Jesus or walk next to Jesus, you know.
0: Or, do you think Jesus was at the seat of honor at that table?
1: I don't. I would have assumed so.
0: <laughs> right, but maybe he didn't sit at the seat of honor. I don't know. Anyway.
1: Well, that's a weird jump.
0: It is a weird jump.
1: All right. Um, no, I'm just.
0: I'm just kind of playing around with this, you know, exploring it. Okay. Anyway.
1: Okay. Verse thirty-one. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. You as wheat and then I have a note there on the word you that says the Greek is plural so meaning you plural you Simon Simon Satan has asked to sift you all as we. Is that what that means? hmm So he's talking to Simon, but he's saying this applies to everybody. Right? Oh, all the people in this room, at least. Right? Yes. Okay. Just making sure I understand. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brother's. really subtle he doesn't say you will deny me at least not in this account he's, he's just saying when you, when you, turn, when you turn back uh-huh. do better <laughs> it's like wait I'm going to turn away <laughs> that's kind of what he says here verse 33 but he replied Lord I am ready to go with you to prison and to death Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, when, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, But now you have your purse. Take it, and also a bag. If you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, And he was numbered with the transgression transgressors and I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me yes what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment the disciples said see Lord here are two swords that is enough he replied
0: I think that we have this is a big chunk we're talking about the purse bag and the amount of olives and I think we should take a break here. Oh, yeah, we should pick it up.
1: Well, this is a break in uh, my text. Is there a break mm-hmm. in your Greek?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's. So a new title.
1: So he does a lot here. tells, verse 33, he tells Peter you'll deny me and then he turns to the rest of them, all, verse 35, when I sent you without purse bag or sandals, did you lack anything?
0: It's talking about the feeding of the sending of the 72. Okay. You know, that only take one cloak, don't take any purse in in your hand, don't take an extra pair of sandals. Um, don't take extra food just go in and preach and then he gave them all these power and they came back and they were all overjoyed it's right before the feeding of the 10, 000, or the 5,000 about how amazing it was to serve the Lord in this way and they lacked nothing even though they and physically had nothing
1: well it is, could be a reference to to the generosity they were met with from the people
0: Mm-hmm. It's also just a, it's just faith of people thinking I need more in order to be comfortable. And Jesus has proven to them, all you need is my word. If I promise you, you don't need it, you don't need it. And this is going to be something much that that, that they're going to think they need much more than anything else, which is Jesus being alive.
1: Hmm. Well, the way I understood it, and the note that I have in my Bible for verse 36, um, I thought it was like a comparison of, like, peace and peril. Hmm. So, like, 35 is like, you just had the bare minimum and you were okay right and then 36 now take a purse and a bag and you need a sword because as it was written you were numbered with the transgressors Mm -hmm. so it's like this is you're not necessarily going to be met with generosity and people bringing you into your home and providing for you like you need to maybe be prepared that that's not going to happen and you might be met with violence. So. Mhm.
0: Yeah, but then he's gonna talk to Peter when we get into the garden. Whoever lives by the sword dies by the sword. And tells Peter to put away his sword when he draws it and cut off uh, cuts off Malchus's ear. Yeah. So. Well, we'll so save the rest for up.
1: tomorrow then. Yep. And pick it up then. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop, Pastor Ran Laura, wake up.